You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. Okay, this morning we're going to talk about uh, a breakthrough in promises. And I talked a little bit on Thursday night, so you guys who are here Thursday night get a double portion. <laughs> but it's, it's really a word that I had been seeking after the Lord. I had been asking the Lord, Lord, there are promises that have not come to fruition. There are promises that have not manifested, not only for me personally, but there are things that I have prophesied over people that have not come to life that I knew at the time it was time for that word to come alive. And I asked the Lord, I, I don't ask him why, because I feel like uh, that becomes an intellectual gymnastics for me. So I don't ever ask why, but I ask him what is there something I need to do different? What is it I might need to do different? Is there a different dynamic, a different prayer, a different something that I need to do? And while I was out in Phoenix, we were sitting in our, our meeting with, the, like I said, the 40 or so leaders, and, and someone spoke something, Katie Souza. And as soon as she spoke it, I felt like the Lord said, there is your answer at least a piece of it. So we're going to talk about the answer the Lord gave me. And we're going to go into the book of Ezra. We won't read all the chapters, but we're going to read close. So warm up. No, there's nothing better than the word of Lord. Um, but yes, it's, I just believe that it is a time and a season for what God has promised us to come forward. Um, so whew, deep breath, Lord, just... While we're beginning this message this morning, uh, Lord, I'm asking you to stir up and remind us of the promises that we're holding on to. Remind us of the prophetic words that you've given us. Remind us of the words within your word that we have grabbed a hold of and knew that that word was for us. And as we go through this today, I'm just asking you, Lord, to show us, expand, stretch us in the things that you want us to do to help bring forth these words in Jesus' name. So we're going to start in Ezra 1. And... Uh, the key phrase here, I'm going to read it. It's Ezra 1.1. It says, now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah. Um, let's see. The word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all the kingdom and also put it in writing. I'll read the word in a minute. So what we're going after is that the word of the Lord might be fulfilled, right? Yeah. We, and God says that his word is fulfilled, yeah. uh, that his word will not return void. That even Miguel said this morning, it's a yes and amen in Christ. Yeah. So we, we, we need to remember this blanket promise that God has given us, that his word will be fulfilled. Okay, and this is the word from uh, Cyrus, the king of Persia. Verse two, it says, thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, all the kingdoms of the earth, the Lord, 
God of heaven has given me. And he has commanded me, so here's the promise, to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is among you of all his people? May his God be with him and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. Okay? So that was the promise, that the house of the Lord would be rebuilt. Now, the word from Jeremiah that he spoke, and we know this word, we just may not have the first part of it memorized. It's out of Jeremiah 29, starting in verse 10. They are held captive, right? So Ezra is seeing the fulfillment of what I'm about to read. They'd been held captive. And 70 years prior, this was prophesied by Jeremiah. Jeremiah 29, starting in verse 10. For thus says the Lord, after 70 years are complete at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you and cause you to return to this place. So in Ezra, they are returning to Jerusalem because the word of King Cyrus, right? And then we know the rest of it. We have this memorized. Verse 11 says, for I know the thoughts that I have towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search me with all of your heart. So that is, this is where the Jeremiah word fits in. This is the fulfillment of what Jeremiah said 70 years ago in Jeremiah 29.10. Okay, and you can read the whole thing that talks about, if you want to go back to Jeremiah. So the Israelites return to Jerusalem. They are going back to rebuild the temple of Solomon that was that temple that Solomon had originally built that was destroyed uh, upon their captivity. And you can go through and read chapters two and three, which we are not going to do today because it tells about the, the families, the tribes that came back. It tells about how they began the preparation to rebuild the temple and they start with the altar of God. So go back and read that so you can have more of a context of it. But I am going to read uh, Ezariah three twelve, And there's a reason I'm going to read this because they begin to rebuild and, and they began to worship. Worship is restored. There's a restoration that's happened. The temple is not complete, but they begin to rebuild. And it says, but many of the priests and the Levites and the heads of the father's houses, old men who had seen the first temple, wept with a loud voice when the foundation of this temple was laid before their eyes. Yeah. Yet many shouted aloud for joy. Yeah. And I read this because sometimes when there is an expectation of the past being resurrected in the now season, we get confused about what God is doing. We are disappointed. We are discouraged. We are disheartened because it did not look the way It looked in the past. It did not feel the way it felt in the past. You know, Solomon's temple was magnificent. 
If you go through and read the, the description of Solomon's temple, gold, I mean, they had so much money that silver laid on the streets because they didn't need anything. And so the, the priest of old, the men of old who knew that temple felt like the new temple being built was not enough. But when God moves, it is always enough. Yeah. And yeah. the Lord had spoken to me and said, and we're, I'm not going to read this Haggai scripture, but if you look at Haggai 2 verses 3 and 4, that actually fits in right here in the brokenness of it. Because, um, uh, I'm, let me go ahead and read it. It says, who is, who is left among you who saw this temple in the former glory? And how do you see it now? In comparison with this, is this not in your eyes as nothing? That's what they were crying about because it did not, the foundation was not looking like Solomon's temple. It was something different. It was going to be constructed in a very different manner. But the Lord says to Zerubbabel, be strong, Joshua, yeah. be strong yeah. uh, and work for I am with you. Yeah. So though it may not be the past, may, it may not be the former glory that we're looking for. God is doing a thing that is his perfect glory. And when we look back, the Lord said, when I look back, I begin to be like Lot's wife and I get paralyzed by the past instead of moving forward to yeah. the future of what he's doing. So we cannot hold on to what we considered the glory days. Have you ever heard that saying? Oh, those were the glory days. Were they? Or were they the pieces that we remembered that made them glorious? So we can't hold on to what was former if God is doing something now. We can't be paralyzed and become those salt blocks for the enemy because we're looking in the wrong direction. Right. So I wanted to point that out because sometimes we get hung up on what God is doing because it doesn't meet the expectation or what we thought he should do, what it should look like, how he should demonstrate. We do. That's just reality. We just do. So that's the reason I want to uh, hold on to that because we want God to fulfill his word. His promise in this season, the way he knows his best is for us. It's not going to be, we're not going to have the Toronto revival. We're not going to have the Brownsville revival. We're not going to have the Lakeland revival. We're not going to have the Brazil revival. We are not going back to resurrect what God did in the past. We're going forward to live in and step in what he's doing in the future. And we have, that's what we have to hold on to. You know, some people want the laughing in the floor. Some people want the dogs barking. Some people don't. It doesn't matter what we want because God ain't going to do that. God's going to do what he wants to do. And our job is to participate with his movement. Okay. So I'm going to let that go for now. We're going to let that go. Come on. Hallelujah.
Come on, I'm telling you. Because what we're going to do is we're going to break the stranglehold that the enemy has on us and the promises that God has given us that have not manifested. That's what we're going to do this morning. And in chapter 4, we're going to run through chapter 4 for just a minute. And as I was doing research on this, I've been spending a lot of time in this. I've read Ezra over and over and Haggai. And, you know, you know Haggai, Zechariah, all of them are a part of the book of Ezra. They're all at the same time. Uh, they're all a part of prophesying into what's going to happen. They're all a part in stirring up the hope and the heart of the people of Israel to do what God has called them to do. So it's important context-wise to understand the chronological part of this. But chapter uh, 4, verse 1, it says, Now when the adversaries... Who has adversaries? Everybody says, I do. Sometimes I'm my own adversary. (laughs) Of Judah and Benjamin heard that the descendants of the captivity were building the temple of the Lord of Israel. They came to Zerubbabel and the heads of the father's houses and said, Oh, I am your adversary, but let me help you. Right? Let me build with you. For we seek your God as you do. Now we know that is not true. We know that God has warned us that there will be wolves in sheep's clothing that will come in and try to carry the verbiage we carry. That will try to act the way we act to deceive us into thinking they are for us, not against us. And through their smoke and mirrors, they have a whole nother agenda coming up to, to keep us from moving into the position God has for us. So the adversaries, we've got a problem with them. There's nothing worse than an adversary. And not only that, they, um, they, they told them, no, we are not going to let you do that. And if we skip down to verse four, it says, then the people of the land tried to discourage the people. From building. They troubled them. They hired counselors against them. And I looked up in some of the, uh, in my Hebrew Bible, it said they frustrated them. They bribed ministers to thwart their plans and they drew up accusations against them. So the enemy has a whole barrel of strategies to take us off our game. He wants to discourage us. He wants to send people to try to help us that are really against us. I have had that happen. And honestly, uh, I haven't recognized it. Sometimes it takes someone who loves you, who is for you, to slap you and say, they ain't for you. (laughs) You need to walk away. It's hard. And as a pastor, you're like, no, but everybody, everybody can be okay. Not them. Not with you. They need to move on. We know that some people are your assignment and some people are not your assignment. And that's the discernment we have to have. So the enemy has a whole slew of tricks against you. And when you are walking in what God has called you to do, when you are declaring and moving in those promises and you are feeling this oppression coming towards you, we know that that's the enemy's assignment against you, right? We know. 
So they did all that. Not only that, they wrote a, a letter to King Darius and said, these people are bad people. These Israelites are bad. And they were against God. It says in verse 11, uh, it says, let's just skip over to 411. So they sent a, 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 a letter uh, to King Xerxes, sorry. Verse 12, it says, let it be known to the king that the Jews who came up from you have come up, come to us at Jerusalem and are building the rebellious and evil city. I know. But that's what the enemy does. They begin to campaign against you. They began to campaign against you. They will use whoever of greater influence they know to interfere, discredit you, undermine you, take you out of favor, take you out of the game so that you become paralyzed. And not only did they write this letter and he goes through the whole thing. He says, you know, they're evil, uh, are finishing its walls, repairing the foundations. First thing, let it be known to the king that if this city is built, the walls completed, they will not pay taxes. The treasury will be diminished. We'll run out of money. If we let those born again believers loose, <laughs> yeah. our country's going to be in trouble. The fire's going to fall. The river's going to flow. The healing's going to come. We got to tie those people up, right? And you think in general, that is the attack of the enemy. Right. He is discrediting us as born-again believers. Right. And like the Jews, there are places where we deserve it. There are places where we have earned what they're calling us. There's places, and we're going to work on that in just a minute. But we also understand that God has given us a territory, yeah. and our territory is America. Yeah. Amen. And that is a promise from the Lord, yeah. and the enemy cannot have that. Right. We may battle back and forth for space, but this is our land. Yeah. And you guys that are watching across the nations in, I uh, know, Austria and stuff, you stand up and say, this is my land. I am a Christian and God has given me this territory and I am not going to be moved or stopped by the enemy. Well, through this whole process, the temple was stopped 18 years. So think about your promises, how long you've held them. Think about how long you've been declaring them. Think about where you've got some momentum and then it's been stopped and think about who's behind that, right? It's not God. It's not God. And we are going to fight and take our territory back. We're going to break the stronghold of the enemy today. And we're going to step in to the promises that we've been holding on to that have been put on hold because of our sin, which has opened the door to the enemy blocking us from moving forward. Because not only did they send all these letters, but in King Darius's promise, his decree, the whole decree included full provision. Right. Every financial provision you needed, every piece of land you needed, every, every person you needed to build that temple, you would be given. Yeah. 
And in this letter to Xerxes, they stopped all the provision. Their supply line stopped. What was promised to them by Cyrus was stopped. So they didn't have the material. They didn't have the men. They had the taunting, harassing people, keeping them from moving forward that discouraged them, that hurt their feelings, that disappointed them. They had all that. And it was really breaking the law of the decree of God that he gave through King Cyrus. The law has been broken. What God has said over us is written in heaven. It is written in heaven. And sometimes we need to search heaven and say, God, remind us of what you've given us. So the work stopped. And we're going to skip over to chapter 5. And it begins to talk about how Haggai and Zechariah raised up as the prophets. The Lord sent to them and started prophesying, build, build, build. Doesn't matter what they say. The Lord says, build. It doesn't matter what supply chain is broken. The Lord says, build. And what the Lord says, he will provide for. What the Lord says he will bring the people to do. Yeah. The Lord said build. Yeah. So he, he, they were reactivating what the enemy had shut down. They were reactivating in the people's hearts that they could do what God had called them to do. He said build. Whew. How many needed that word? It's Amen. time to build. Amen. Yes. The eye of the Lord was with them. And um, I'm getting excited now. Let's calm down. I want, to get, I want to get the foundation built so that when we do this declaration, when we, when we repent and have this declaration, that uh, we have the foundation of the word to stand on. Because that's what we have to remember. It is the word that we stand on. Okay? So, uh, 5.1, let me go back to where I was. It says, then the prophet Haggai and Zechariah, the son of Iddo, prophets prophesied to the Jews who were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the Lord, uh, in the name of the God of Israel who was over them. So who's over us? That's right. God is over us. And uh, when we skip over it, they, they say, you know, who told you to stop building? You know, there's this, this banter back and forth of what, what happened here. And, and they are challenging the governor at that time to go back and search the records. Let's see what King Cyrus said. Let's go back and search the records. Let's yeah. see what he said. Yeah. And they go back and search the records. And it starts in uh, verse 8. It says, uh, yes, um, is that where I want to be? Let me just look for one minute. No, I'm going to start us in verse 11 just for one minute. It says, and thus they returned uh, us an answer because they're asking, you know, who who said you could build? Uh, We are the servants of God of heaven and earth, and we are rebuilding the temple that was built many years ago, which a great king of Israel built and completed. We're talking about Solomon there. But because our fathers provoked the God of heaven to wrath, he gave them into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, who destroyed the temple, and they were carried away. So it was out of the rebellion and sin that the temple was destroyed, and they went into captivity. And we talked about the Jeremiah said, and now we're out of captivity. 
But in verse 17, it says, Now therefore, if it seems good to the king, let a search be made in the king's treasure house, which is there in Babylon, whether it is so that a decree was issued by King Cyrus to build this house of God at Jerusalem and let the king send us his pleasure concerning the matter. So they brought it, they brought it full circle. This is what the Lord spoke through King Cyrus to us. And in verse three, it says in the first year of King Cyrus, King Cyrus issued a decree concerning the house of God of, at, at Jerusalem. Let the house be rebuilt the place where they offered sacrifices and let the foundations of it be firmly laid. And he goes in and talks about the size and the width and all that. But it also says, let the expenses be paid for the king's treasury. Also, let the gold and silver articles of the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar took from the temple, which is in Jerusalem and brought uh, to Babylon, be restored and taken back to the temple, which it is Jerusalem, whoo, which is in Jerusalem, each to its place and deposit them in the house of God. Yes. And the governor says, seven, let the work of this house of God alone, leave it alone. The decree's been made. The house will be built. There will be no more from the enemy to stop it. And he says, if someone tries to stop it, he says, if someone tries to stop it, he will. Um, this is the fun part. I thought this was funny. Uh, verse 11, it says, also, I issue a decree that whoever alters this edict. So think about the enemy who has an edict against you. He has assignment against you to stop you. Let a timber be pulled from his house and erected. Let him be hanged on it. Let his house be made a refuge heap because of this. And may the God who calls his name to dwell there destroy any king or people who put their hand to alter it or to destroy the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. I, Darius, issue a decree. Let it be done diligently. So it was done. It was done. It was done. So if anyone tries to stop it, that's it. And like I said, Katie Souza first mentioned this word and she said, that the Lord spoke to her and said, look, my people have been given official decrees. You have been given official promises and decrees from the Lord. My promise to them was recorded in the courts. I spoke a decree to have that promise manifest, to have that promise spoken to them. It is a court decree. It is logged in the courts. So that was the word that she shared with us. And I want to say something because I want you to stir up the promises that are in you. If you don't have a promise, I was surprised Thursday night when I shared some of this. There were people that didn't have promises from God. And I want to encourage you, if that is you, go to the word. The word is filled with promises. Yeah. Ephesians filled with the promises of God for us. Deuteronomy 28 filled with the promises. We're the head, not the tail. Right. Isaiah 60, go and read through and let God highlight his promises over your life yeah. because they are there. Whether you have a prophetic word or not, because every prophetic word has to align with the word, right? 
Okay. So I just want to encourage that. We are going to repent. I I got everybody was so excited. (laughs) Look at you. You know, we love it where we rejoice and we get healed and all that. But sometimes in order to release these promises out of the enemy's stronghold, we have to make sure that we haven't given him a place. We haven't invited him in to hold us up. And our sin welcomes the enemy to circumvent what God is doing in our life. Whether we're aware of the sin or not, whether we're struggling with the sin or not, whether God's going to show us today that we're going to be like, really? Repentance closes the door to the enemy. So we're going to repent. And once we repent, then we're going to declare. We're going to declare the promises of God over us. Okay. So I want you to take a minute and I'm going to ask you to uh, ask the Lord to search you. You know, it says, search me, O Lord. And ask him to show you, is there any rebellion in you? Is there a sin that is hiding that you did not know of? Is there authority that you've come against, uh, just like uh, we just read about, that has taken you out of alignment with what God has planned? Just ask him. He will show us. You know, he's, he's not uh, withholding the revelation of sin within our lives. So we can clean that up. And then, we're, then I want you just to go ahead and repent from it. So thank you, Lord. It says that if we repent of our sins and we turn from them and turn our face back to you in those areas, that you forgive us of our sins and you remember them no more. So God, just thank you that today... These things that have been brought before you and repented of, and we've asked your forgiveness, that uh, you have forgiven us. You have set us free from that, and you have remembered it no more. You have wiped our slate clean this morning. So, God, we just thank you for that. We thank you for that. We're going to agree together. Oh, thank you, God. Oh, amen. So I'm going to ask you guys to stand. And we're going to agree together for what God has promised us. And we're not only agreeing individually, but we're agreeing together in one accord as the body of Christ. So I'm going to ask you to start decreeing your promises out loud. Don't worry about the person sitting to the right or the left of you or in front of you because they're busy decreeing their own. We're going to put them out in the atmosphere. We're going to stir up that declaration of what our promises are uh, as one. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Released our promises out into the atmosphere. And I know as we go, there'll be more that come up that we will just declare out loud and just agree with your word over. And we just thank you, God, that we as one are going to make these declarations and we are going to break open and undo the stronghold of the enemy against us in Jesus' name. So we are going to decree together. I'm going to say them out loud because I didn't give them to Noah to put up. So y'all ready? Okay. We are decreeing before the throne of God. Our promises are written in heaven. And we are agreeing with you, God. Now, Lord God, I know the search has begun. To release our promises. promises. And you, Lord, Lord, are watching carefully carefully 
over your words to fulfill them. Your word will not return void. And every promise is yes and amen in Christ. We decree the promises you have given us will manifest. We will see that manifestation now. That over the weeks and months, what you promised will happen. We will see a greater manifestation of you because the enemy has been dealt with. I break all sickness and disease off me and my family. I break all discouragement. I break the enemy's assignment against me. He has to stay away from me. From my family, from my business, and from my territory. He cannot interfere any longer. I will be given every provision. Every financial need will be met. Every door will be open. I will have cooperation with others. I will be successful in what you've called me to do. There will be no enemy interference. And if he tries, your word says you will drag him out and impale him in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, I'm going to read a word that popped up this morning from Lana Foster. And as soon as I saw it this morning, I'm like, thank you, God, for the confirmation of what you're doing. This is the word she posted this morning. The waves of opposition have come and attempted to take you further away from the promise that I have spoken to you. But I say... Unto you that the tide is going to turn. By my mighty outstretched arm, I'm going to move in power and I will part the Red Sea of impossibility. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So, God, we just thank you that what's been done today has already been written in heaven. And the breakthrough that you've given us has already began to manifest. And God, we thank you that you have cleaned our slate, that you have recalled our promises to us, and that you will make your word active over the promises you've given us in this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. That was a good word, God, wasn't it? (laughs) He is so good to us. Okay, that's it for today. We're going to go out knowing that the manifestation of God's promises to us is going to occur. And uh, hallelujah, that's all I got. That's all I got. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.